You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. apply. Hi, I'm Dori Berenstein. Welcome to Deep Dive Broadway, a podcast that takes you inside the creation of Broadway shows. Bob Martin and Chad Begelin are the genius book writers behind Broadway's prom musical and the upcoming Netflix prom movie. Chad is also responsible for prom's lyrics. You also know Bob as the Tony-winning book writer and star of Drowsy Chaperone, and Chad was the book writer for Aladdin. Both Bob and Chad, along with prom composer Matthew Sklar, created Elf the Musical. Full disclosure, as a lead producer of The Prom, I've been in the trenches with Bob and Chad from day one. So, it is with total joy to revisit the creation of this spectacular show with two people I admire and adore endlessly. Let's dive in. Welcome. Thank you. So excited to be talking to you guys, favorite people. Uh, today we're deep diving into all things prom, um, and really fascinated to go back in time to early on, but even earlier to understand how the two of you came together and what your history is that led you to prom. So how did the two of you connect? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were working on um, Elf together. I was, uh, um, I was brought in, I guess, by Casey Nicklaw, right, right. to read the, party of, of the part of uh, um, Buddy the Elf during the development process. Uh, not sing it, because I couldn't really sing, but to read it. And, and uh, I started making suggestions, uh, <laughs> as I am wont to do, uh, for the book, and then uh, Tom Meehan graciously invited me to come uh, to to co-write with him, and that's when I first started working with you guys. Yeah. I think we had met before. But. Probably, yeah. I think uh, we were nominated the same year. Uh, Wedding Singer was nominated the same year as Drowsy, and he won my award. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, we, uh, yeah, Matt and I were writing the score at that point, um, and then. Um, we started talking about wanting to work on something together, and bizarrely enough, uh, Jack Vertel approached Casey Nicola with this idea uh, for the prom, and I don't know if he suggested us or if Casey did, or I'm not sure how. I'm not sure either. We had written Elf, and it had been you know well received and pretty successful, and we all got along, and and uh, yeah, so Jack would have been aware of us right. as a team. Yeah, so that's how it. Yeah, because when when Casey called me and said, we have an idea, you guys were fully 
immersed and on board and had thought, you know, been thinking about it for quite some time and, you know, were, were often running. And when you first heard this idea from Casey about the prom and it was, it was just a, an idea. It was just a few lines, right? Mm-hmm. What was your reaction? Uh, we were really excited about it because it had uh, a lot of um, uh, truth to it. It had a lot of contemporary politics, uh, a lot of um, opportunity for satire. Uh, and, and of course, it was a showbiz story as well on top of all of that. And it was just a really well-constructed comic model that had uh, a lot of potential kind of meat uh, in it, satirical fodder in it. So we were, we were really excited. And we, we also, we should say, we have, we both separately and now together have a, uh, a, a really nice creative working relationship with Casey. So it was a, just a, like we were all eager to, to work together as a, as a team anyway. So it was the perfect, perfect timing for Jack. So you and Matt and Casey, were, you guys were all working together. Um, uh, Jack passes an idea on to Casey. Casey you know, turns to you and says, let's do this other thing. So kind of as, as Elf was coming to life, uh, prom started to take shape yeah and um uh i mean had elf opened yet i, I think it remember. was the second uh broadway version of, oh, of the second broadway elf version. that okay. we were i remember being upstairs and playing uh matt and i were playing an opening number for prom uh at the al hirschfeld theater in the upper lobby uh for we were play, playing it through for casey and casey hushins his associate so i'm pretty sure it was the second uh version of elf so what is it about your creative process together, your collaboration? Talk, talk about how you two work together that makes it so successful. Well, <laughs> it's so hard. You begin. You begin. Um, well, I think uh, the funny thing is, uh, I think we just try and make each other laugh most of the time. Um, <laughs> and about, about 80% of the time. Right. The yeah. rest is crying. <laughs> crying <laughs> and then drinking. Um, it's funny. I, I tend to pace Bob types. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's never... I think we really, uh, you know, trust each other. And I think if Bob... You know, if I make a suggestion and Bob doesn't like it, I... I'm never like, well, you're wrong. I'm like, oh, okay, well, great. Well, what is it? And I think we go back and yeah, forth. Yeah, same and, way with me. You yeah. know, so it's it's there's never any sort of, oh, I got one more line in or I got one more joke. It's the exact opposite of that. It's just, you know, really, what do you, what do we both think is best? And then bring it to the group and, and sort of... It's been... This whole process with the prom has been completely otherworldly because there, there there were no fights there was no tension there was no nobody was you know rowing against the canoe it was just like everybody was it just was a, a bizarrely wonderful process which is not normal. not normal no, no. in fact the last every other process i've had with casey has really been fraught in one way or, an, or another <laughs> and they were screaming at one point you know there's there oh, were, uh but not this one. This one has, uh, apart from the sort of financial side of it, which was very difficult, um, and and really the scheduling side of it, which is sort of true for any Broadway show. But in, in we had a we had a lot of trouble scheduling with this one. Uh, um, it, everything else creatively went really really smoothly. In fact, we outlined the show just in a couple of weeks after talking to Jack and Casey, and really we have stuck 
pretty closely yeah, to that yeah, outline yeah. right to the very end. And just to give it a little context, that was eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Know, these things take take a long time. Take a long time. Yeah. And and in fact, on uh, with this particular show where you started out eight years ago, the world was a very different place. And I'm dinosaurs th- ruled the world. <laughs> Basically. Basically. <laughs> Happy dinosaurs. Science uh, free thinking. <laughs> kind <laughs> dinosaurs. <laughs> now science comes from witches. <laughs> so with that in mind, uh, as you started to create and shape this show, there were moments in time where you really had to rethink and reshape because the world was changing around you and what you were writing would land differently, perhaps in different, you know, different lines, different characters. You want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, absolutely. The politics changed completely uh, during the development of the show. And there were times when we felt that the show wasn't relevant anymore. And as a matter of fact, uh, the the whole uh, climactic scene uh, just be well uh, when Alyssa comes out to her mother in the show um, used to be a, a speech from Alyssa. Well, actually, in the beginning, it was a speech from Mr. Hawkins about how the world was in a great place and that this particular enclave was behind the times and on the wrong side of history. Um, and then, of course. Uh, you know, the whole country shifted to the wrong side of history in, in many ways. And and so, and so it, you know, the, the characters within our show had a much more difficult battle, uphill battle, uh, and our show became uh, more relevant than ever. So we had to rewrite quite a bit of it to reflect the politics. I'm thinking about the first lap was a week after marriage equality passed. Yeah. And I just, I remember hearing comments from people in our community, this is such a lovely period piece because everything is fine now. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, hardly, uh, sadly, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you know, in writing it is, you know, I have vivid memories of laughing hysterically and being doubled over in the, you know, in a conference room as you guys were throwing out ideas. But also we were on the edge of tears a lot because of the power of the story and that is personal for so many people in the room. And, and I know that you guys uh, along the way had a lot of experiences that were emotional, you know, from uh, either from your own life and what, what you brought to the, to the making of this, you know, as well as to interactions with people in the audience and afterwards. Can you talk about that? Well, do you want to dive into... <laughs> How we what? mind your life for the <laughs> yeah well uh, yeah I you know for me uh, especially uh, the song um, you know just breathe that Emma sings in the the hallway uh, definitely was uh, easy for me to relate to because you know I was from a small town and gay and walking down the hallway you know heard a lot of hurtful things every day and sort of how you ignore that and go into your head. And uh, so that was part of it. Uh, Also, you know, what Mr. Hawkins says about the town is very uh, parallel to what's unfortunately going on in my town. Mm -hmm. The coal mine is gone, the factories are gone, and people are scared. And and, um, on the lighter side, uh, I also wore... uh, Aqua blue contacts and a teal uh, bow tie and cover bunch, my prom. So <laughs> those are a few things that we mind. Um, I've seen pictures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but it's it's funny because it, it just going back to what you were saying about how it became emotional. Uh, 
the I think one of the first times for me was when uh, we had gotten the show up on its feet and Brooks and uh, Caitlin were doing a scene and he cried and I'd never seen that side of Brooks before. I knew him as a sort of comedian. And I think that's when we all sort of got a little choked up and thought, oh, we can write to this. We can go deeper with their relationship and with his history and how hurt he was and why it matters to him. And I think that was that was the beginning of it, not just being a, a raucous comedy, but also having this bigger heart. Yeah. When, <clears throat> when Brooks start, uh, first performed uh, Barry's going to the prom. Everybody was in tears because it was so touching to see someone, uh, you know, a seventy-year-old man. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, to see to see um, that generation uh, uh, make this statement, which is on the surface of completely absurd, and and in Chad's brilliant lyric, it's reflected there. You know, my date is a teenage lesbian, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. I am going to the prom and, and that, that I'm paraphrasing your lyrics, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just the joy and, and all the emotion that he is expressing in that particular moment, which represents a whole generation of people who could never have conceived of this happening, uh, was very, very powerful. So there were, there were, I think there were two, um, <clears throat> generations affected by our show. The, uh, the people of Casey's generation, and your generation, I think, who experienced this kind of prejudice really in, in, a, in the front lines. And then the, the younger people who are looking for the courage to come out to their parents in this contemporary setting. Um, and yeah, there, there's a lot of truth and power in the show. And we were all, all feeling it through, throughout the whole process. That song is so powerful. And it's so joyous at the same time. I, I race to the theater to stand in the back <laughs> to watch that number. I and, and what Kate, what Brooks does with it and the twirling and the, you right, know, yeah, and what Josh super. Lehman does with it as well. Yes. Who, who you know understudies Brooks. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he personalizes it in his own way as well, mm -hmm. and it's just as moving. You know, there's there's so much truth in that in the idea of the song, mm -hmm. in the idea behind the song, in the lyric, and just in the personal experiences of the actors, you know, performing it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you were writing the lyrics to that, where, where was that coming from? I think I can answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> um... No, it was really me thinking, you know, because I'm, I think, the same age as Brooks, and, uh, you know, what would that be like? Because, you know, when I was in high school, that was just, you would get completely beaten up, and, you know, it would be, aw I mean, it was just unthinkable. And, and just the idea of somebody who 
always felt, you know, bitter about that. And suddenly, oh my God, it's happening. And it seems like it says in the lyric, it seems like such a, you know, it shouldn't matter, but somehow it does, you know? And, and I think the idea was to never go sort of maudlin or sad, but to just be like, oh my God, this is finally happening. Um, yeah, I think that's sort of where it all came from. And just his, his excitement uh, about something that seems small, but is so important to him. And I'm thinking also about that moment in Atlanta where the woman grabbed your arm. I, I, that's an incredible story. The woman never touched me. <laughs> oh, see, over time, <laughs> it's been embellished. Yeah, she, <laughs> she kissed me hard on the lips. No, it was at a talk back. And she, uh, she approached me. Um, uh, she, was, she had clearly gone through. Um, she waited until after the talk back, and she was very emotional. And she, she really seemed to be full of shame. That's what it looked like when she was approaching me. And she talked about how she was Mrs. Green. She said, she confessed it to me. She said, I was that person. Um, and, this, and she said, this is an important show. You have to do this show. And I said, oh. And then she, she took me out into the lobby without touching me <laughs> and introduced me to her daughter and her daughter's now wife and their child. And so it was just this little portrait of a family that had gone through, through so much and, and, you know, and she personally had overcome her fears and prejudices and, and, and they had created this really beautiful family unit who then all came to see our show, wow. you know, which was a reflection of their life experience. It was such a powerful moment. Um, you, you know, I, and that's, that's the thing when you're doing a show <laughs> that you know will take eight years, it's, you know, that you're going to be thinking about this material for eight years. So I'm so glad that we chose a show that still has personal resonance for all of us, um, as opposed to just doing some cynical adaptation of something <laughs> for money. You know, money's great, but, but at my age anyway, I'm trying to choose things that mean something to me. Um, and to other people, I think. So, so that moment in Atlanta was like, oh, great. Okay, well, we made the right choice. No matter what happens, people are going to be affected by this show. And, you know. It's, it's funny. I, uh, just a few days ago, somebody posted to uh, my Facebook page and Matt's Facebook page of this long, uh, I think it was Instagram or, or Twitter or whatever it was. No, it must have been Instagram. But it was about this guy who is, loves our show and was online at TKTS. And got four different families to buy tickets, so we love them. Um, but there was this one family from the Midwest somewhere, Minnesota or something like that. But um, And their son was 18 and at intermission sort of came back to their group and was kind of standing there and just, you could tell he wanted to say something, but he couldn't. And so at the end of the show, they were in a couple rows ahead of them and they were laughing and crying the parents and the kid were laughing and crying and he just turned around and he just said I'm gay thank you without the parents hearing and they just burst into tears and it's just that you could tell they said you could tell it was the first time he'd said that and wow. so it's just amazing <sighs> that you know you're going to see a Broadway show and then all of a sudden you're able to own your truth to a stranger like it's just yeah stories like that just really still get me there's there I Caitlin and Izzy tell a story about how uh they were at the stage, they're often at the stage door and kids come up to them and say, the show has given me the courage to come out. I haven't done it yet, but my mom is right over there and I took her to see the show 
and I'm going to tell her tonight. Yeah, it's amazing. It's just like, <laughs> it's just so powerful to hear that. Yeah. And beautiful, yeah. you know, what you guys have created and the, the impact it's having on, on lives. The weird thing is we got a lot of similar stories on Elf, which was just so <laughs> weird. What? There's a surprising number of people who were raised by elves. <laughs> I was surprised anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, our, our, the, the end game was always that this be done in schools. And recently, recently we talked to, I guess it was Sklar and I talked to a group of educators uh, from across the country and... Uh, and that was really interesting because they were very excited about it. Uh, they loved the show. They had just seen the show the previous night. Um, but, but someone from, I guess it was the South, <laughs> I can't remember the state, but she said, would it be possible to change certain things in the show? Because I want the show to be done in our you know, school system, but I know uh, we have a limited budget and I know when you know, certain things come up, the show will be rejected and there, there will be nothing I can do to make it happen. And that, that, and that sparked a really interesting conversation in the room because pretty well everyone said, no, nothing can be changed about the show. You can't, if you can't, if you're not ready to do the show, then you can't do the show. Mm. <laughs> um, but it also makes you wonder exactly what elements they're talking about. And she was referring to the kiss at the end, um, which is, Ridiculous! You couldn't do the show without the kiss. Hey, right. it's been on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day yeah, Parade. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Um, but and I also think um, uh, the song, uh, you know, the, "Love the, Thy Neighbor," "Love Thy probably, Neighbor," yeah. is problematic for some communities, and I can understand why that would be mm. problematic specifically. Um, and that's again, that's that's such a deeply rooted cultural thing that if you can't. If you can't, if you're not comfortable with the statement that there are are things in the Bible <laughs> that are uh, archaic and out of date, and that that it's wrong to cherry pick these rules, yeah. If you can't deal with that statement, then you really shouldn't be staging our show. There are larger problems that you have to be dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the kiss, however, it seems so fundamental to the show, so important. The show would be ridiculous without ending with that kiss, first of all. Yeah. And and if you can't, I mean. I don't, I, I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around why people would be upset. If they, if they like the show and they understand those characters and sympathize with them, why that particular act would be so upsetting for people is kind of beyond me. Well, it was really incredible, I think, with the Macy's Parade. Uh, everyone from Macy's and NBC went in eyes wide opening, oh, open knowing that there would be huge uh, pushback. Right. And, and there was. Uh, as well as an overwhelming amount of support, the majority by far, of course, was supportive, but that there is that element and that kiss just was was a lot to deal with in, in some communities. And mm -hmm. so, you know, hopefully with time, with uh, the show being on tour all over the country, uh, with the movie coming out, that that will become less of an issue. Well, who knows how much of an issue it is. It's like um, when you read reviews for something, on, you know, on Amazon. <laughs> A bad review for something. Who who is going to write a good review for a product if they, that they're satisfied with? Right? There's a small <laughs> subset of people True. that will write all the horrible things on social media. So ha so the 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 pushback that happened. I mean, what percentage of the population does that really represent? 
the, the, the vast majority of comments were positive and thankful and excited and lots of hearts and rainbows and stars and everything. <laughs> and then there was a very small number of horrible things. Yeah. But they were horrible. And, you know, as a result of those comments, we had to have a police presence at the theater and everything like that. That's right. But I don't think it's an accurate represent representation of the way that the country thinks. No, and I think that, that shows like the prom will help make that number smaller and smaller and smaller. This has been part one of Deep Dive Broadway with Bob Martin and Chad Beglin. Please join us for part two. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.